This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Just had another chemo, uh, some chemo treatment uh, a couple of days before, and uh, he was uh, dealing with that, but uh, uh, he was in real good spirits. Uh, of course, as we were talking, Cindy was in the background telling him everything to say, which made me feel right at home because that's the way it is when I'm on the phone and Denise is around. Uh, I always say, here, you just tell him. <laughs> But uh, they are doing, you know, good. They're right where they need to be with family. Uh, you know, John, uh, their oldest son, John had just uh, flown in and been there for a period, of, I think a, maybe a week or a few days. From he works uh, in uh, up in Silicon Valley, uh, in California, and he'd flown in and spent time with them. And said and and uh, Jessica, their their daughter had just gotten back from France where uh, Sed's family is, where Sed is from, Cedric, and uh, <clears throat> uh, they were over with their family and just gotten back, and so, and Pastor Norris was sharing with me how good it is to be around his two grandkids and their new little, uh, their grandson and then their new little granddaughter for Jason and Ari. They're, they're living with or staying with Jason and Ari. And I think the plans are for they will come home back here after the holidays. I thank you for praying with them. I keep my uh, little blue bracelet on so I can remember to pray for them. And, and uh, every time I, I touch it or see it, I, it reminds me to pray uh, for Pastor Norris and Cindy. Amen. <clears throat> All right. Father, thank you for our time together today. We ask you, Holy Spirit, uh, to teach us and uh, share the things with us that you desire for us to know and grasp in this service today that we might grow up into fullness of stature in Jesus, the Son of God. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So we're talking about, uh, our series is, A Glorious Church. A Glorious Church. I took it out of... uh, Ephesians chapter 5, where Paul is talking about uh, husband and wife. And he says, husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And so in there, uh, that he, and it says that he might present her to himself. So Jesus is working on us. Cleansing us, shining us up, making us look pretty now. Some of you, like Bunny, are already real pretty. But some of us, like Chris Evans, needs a lot of work. (laughs) And Daryl. But God, it says Jesus is cleaning us up, fixing us up. purifying us, delivering us, making us into everything He wants us to be. We're not doing that. 
You're not doing that. He's doing that. Amen. Everybody say, Jesus is still working on me. Amen. And isn't that good? But it says that He might present us, the church, to Himself, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Hey. <laughs> That's all right, you know. He's got the best anti-aging uh, serum there is. Amen. Uh, but uh, Jesus is making us into a glorious church. A church that sparkles with His presence. A church alive and filled with the presence of the living God. To where that wherever we are, we're a light shining in the dark and people just sense something about us. You know, and they, they're just something, they're drawn to us, and they feel different around us. You know, Denise and I, uh, people to come, you know, we live uh, uh, in, in the desert in California there, and people come in, to, you know, neighbors or uh, people that, and Denise is, well, Denise is always, she'll look on, she, well, she's selling stuff while she's buying stuff. I don't understand it. But she says, I'm getting rid of stuff, but she's buying stuff. Okay? And Bob can help me figure that out. I don't, you know, I still don't know. But anyway, there are people that come over to, to get the things she's selling. And uh, they'll come in. And it's so many times people will say, oh, I just feel such peace here. There's such peace in this house. Well, you know what? What is it? And we tell them, it's the presence of God. You know, you come and there's peace in it, you know. Uh, <clears throat> and there ought to be in, in the house of God. When people come in, they just, I don't know, I just feel something here. Are you with me? So we've been talking about this thing called the glorious church. And when we talk about it, we're not talking about an organization, an institution. We're not even talking about... Passion Church, we're talking about you. Passion Church is a name. But we're talking about you and I, the people of God. Those that have been bought by the blood of Jesus. Those that have been saved from out of the world and belong to Jesus Christ. Amen? Who are His people. We bear His name. Somebody say, I bear the name of Jesus. And so we've been talking about this and we've been going through walking through the book of Ephesians and we looked at who we are in Christ we looked at uh, the, the different things and uh, we looked at uh, our last uh, we looked at in chapter 2 with that we're saved by grace through faith for works all right and then uh, last week we talked about God's purpose his purpose for us has purpose for us as a people and for us individually. We discovered and looked into our purpose. I would encourage you to get into the book of Ephesians and walk through it in your prayer time and, and meditation and, and just Bible study over and over again because the book of Ephesians is the greatest book or portrait in the Bible of God's church. And we begin to understand what the church is about. What is this thing that we attend? It's not just something we attend. It's the greatest entity on planet Earth. It is God's 
uh, creation on earth. A supernatural thing. Today I want to talk about the church and the believer, or let's say this, the church and you. All right? The church and you. And in Ephesians chapter 4, guys, if you'll throw that up there, verses 1 through 16. We're not going to read all of them, but I want us to look at some of the verses. Everyone read out loud with me this verse. As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the... Of what? Of the what? Calling. Calling. My brother-in-law, Kenny... Sitting back there, uh, a dear friend as well as a bro- my brother-in-law. He's married to my wife's uh, younger sister, and they live down at, uh, uh, in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida, and they're letting me camp out with them while I'm here so I'm not having to pay a hotel room, and, uh, which is expensive. But anyway, uh, and, uh, Kenny had dro- drove me up here, you know, and, and he's going to uh, you know, drive me back, hopefully. Uh, if I do all right. But uh, I want to say thank you, Kenny. Thank you for your hospitality. You're a good man. Uh, But uh, he says that worthy of the calling. Hey, Kenny! I just called him and he responded. Okay, we have a calling. Every one of you are called. You have a calling. All right? It's not just the pastor, Norris, that has a calling. He says that each one of us have a calling. Now, some of you are called to lead worship. Vicki and uh, uh, Willie, I'm sorry, my mind drew a blank for a second. I know you, Willie. Uh, uh, Vicki and Willie leading worship. Uh, Our sound people, some are, uh, thank God for them. Uh, some ushers and security people and, and those that work with the nursery and the children. We're called to do different things, aren't we? Some are called to go to a foreign field. Some are called to do many different things. But we each have a calling within God's purpose for our life. You have a calling. I want you to say, I have a calling. See, God has a calling on your life. Doesn't mean you have to quit your job and go move somewhere or go, you know, to India or somewhere. It could mean that, but that's not necessarily what it means. But you do have a calling, a purpose in God. Now, what is the importance of that? Well, it's not only it's what you do here for God, but more importantly, it is this. God gives you a calling so that there is something eternal you are doing in this temporal life. So when you get to heaven, He can give you a reward for fulfilling that call. Now Jesus said, when He was talking uh, to the disciples, He said, not everybody that says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father. For many will say, did we not do this and that? And He said, but they, you know, that what they did, you know, they, uh, in one translation it says, they did their own thing. Each of us have a call. You know, you may be a fireman, you may be a plumber, you may be a, 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 land, a, a, a landscape, landscaper. But, and that's what you do 
and God blesses you in that, but you also have a divine call of something God wants you to do for His kingdom. And uh, the Scriptures tell us different things. It talks about those that are called to serve helps. Those are the, the ministry of helps. There's those that are called to give. Now, we all give, but there are those that are called to be extraordinary givers. That's a calling. Okay? And what should they do? Each one should fulfill that. See, some are called to pray, intercessors. Everybody, we all pray, but there are those that are really anointed and gifted to pray. There's a calling there. And when we find our calling, we're going to find fruitfulness in our lives for the kingdom. We're going to find fulfillment in our lives. Because all of a sudden, we're doing what we were eternally called to do. We're doing that which is eternal. Now listen, everything, we, most of what we do in this life has a it's temporal. All right? It has, when we die, it's over. Are you with me? You might be a, you know, a contractor and build buildings, but when you die, you're not building any more buildings. I don't care how big they were. But you see, in the midst of all of that, there's something we, that God's put in each of us that is an eternal thing. And if we find that, we discover that, and begin to do it along with what we're doing, all of a sudden we're doing something that live, that goes with us into heaven. Alright? Look at verse 7. Put it up there, guys. Thank you, Mike. Now, let's read it out loud. But to each one of us... I'm not hearing you. But to each one of us grace... Hold it right there. But to each one of us, grace. Everybody say grace. Okay, grace, the word there Paul uses, is charis. Charis means a gift of grace, a, a portion, what we call a portion grace. Or a grace that is according to your calling. Okay, there are those that are called to be very merciful. We all give mercy, but there are those that are called to be very merciful. They help others give mercy and receive mercy. All right? And what do they have? They have a greater grace in mercy than we do. Now, we all must be merciful, but they have that. There are those that are called, as I said, about prayer. We all pray, but there are those that just, there's a greater grace. There's a greater grace on them for that. Now, what does that mean? That means when you find your calling, you're going to find it's the easiest thing you ever did for God. It's the easiest thing you've ever done for God. Because suddenly you're in a grace, whereas over here, you might not have been. It, you're doing it by faith or your you know, obedience. But when you're in that calling, there is a grace upon it, a grace upon you that, en that enables it so easy and it's so fulfilling. He says, but to read it with me, but to each one of us, who's us? 
us. Read it out loud. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. In other words, He's given the grace according to our calling. All right? See, there's a grace upon me to lead in the body of Christ. And, you know, it's not because I'm a real great leader, but it's what I'm graced to do. All right? And that's uh, where my calling is. Pastor Norris, uh, uh, Sheila was talking about how he teaches. Denise loves Pastor Norris' teaching. And uh, he is a great teacher. That's his calling as pastor and teacher. And he's graced in that. There's a grace there. And for Norris, it's Pastor Norris, it's very easy, all right? All right. It is a gift apportioned to us according to the call of God upon us. And notice this. Now, the word charis, it also, a part of its meaning is also uh, that which affords pleasure and delight. When you're fulfilling your calling, as you're doing everything else, and this is the wonderful thing about the call of God in your life, while you're doing everything else you're doing, your job, with your family, with other responsibilities, when you learn and discover that, and you let the grace, and you begin to function in that gift of grace upon your life, you'll find it functioning and flowing and operating throughout your journey. Denise has a grace on her life that she's just going to minister God's life and, and help to people wherever she is. I don't care where we are. We can be in a grocery store in, in the line, checkout line, and in just no time at all, the person behind Denise is talking to her pouring their heart out to Denise, and she's standing there counseling them and then praying for them. And when we leave, she doesn't say, that tires me out. You know what she says? That's so fulfilling to me. She said, I just feel so fulfilled. See what it is? It says, it is that which affords pleasure and delight. See, the sad thing is, when we don't discover that, we start looking for pleasure and delight in other ways. And they're not usually good. Seriously. You know, so many young people that get messed up on drugs, they're searching uh, for that which is they're really called. They know there's something. And so life is not fulfilling, and we can throw all these circles. Oh, well, it's this and this and this. No, there's, it's deeper than that. When I, uh, and, you know... When I was flying my plane, uh, the autopilot, when we'd come in and we'd come over the outer beacon getting ready to go in for final landing, it, it started, my plane started doing this, what they call porpoising. And so I took it in uh, to uh, this uh, autopilot uh, place that repairs them. And the guy, I told him, and he said, oh, I know exactly what it is. He said, it's searching for the signal. And he said, I just need to make a little adjustment. to it. See, some of you just need a little adjustment. 
Because everything, you've been looking at all these other things, but that's not it. More money's not going to satisfy. Uh, a bigger house or, or your wife finally doing what you say. And forget that, by the way. See, you can look at all kinds of things and you can think, I need this, I need this and this. And I'm going to tell you what, if we could go back over your life, your life has been that. Because, see, what you're, there's inside you. See, in my plane, it wasn't me. I'm flying the plane. But it wasn't the plane. It wasn't me. But it was the autopilot, and it's a little thing in the autopilot. Down deep inside. See, down deep inside you is a call. You belong to God. God made you. God created you for Him. And deep inside you, there is a call that God has for your life and it doesn't, as I said, it doesn't mean you've got to quit what you're doing and become, uh, you know, unless you're a, a, a pole dancer or a, a drug dealer. Uh, yeah, you need to quit that. Does that sound bad? <laughs> it's reality. I mean, but, and if you're doing that, it's probably because you're still searching. You had not found what you were created for. But see, deep inside each one of us, there is, you belong to God. God made you, nobody else did. Your mom and daddy gave you a body, but God made your spirit, your eternal being. He made your soul, and you belong to Him. He gave you that. And deep and in that, there is the call of God inside you. And until you find it, you're going to be searching for it. But once you find it, man, when you're in it, and you give yourself to it, there is, the Bible says, it's that, or not the Bible, but the word definition that Paul used means that which affords you great pleasure and delight. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let's go to verse 16, Mike. Put that up there. So we've just run all the way down what Paul's talking about, the calling and the grace that God has given your life. And he's talking about the, the, the church now. And he said, from him, Jesus, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. By every supporting ligament. Now, let's, let's tie that in to verse 1 and 7 where he says, "You be, walk worthy, live worthy. Live worthy of the calling. Live worthy of it. In other words, give yourself to it. Do it. Don't bury it. You remember Jesus gave the parable of the talents where three men were giving something by their master. Different, you know, amount of funds. And one buried them. The other two invested them. And the ones that invested, Jesus, the master rewarded when he returned. But the one that buried the talents given to him, the master judged him. And said, put him, 
cast him out in the fire, cast him aside, you know? You don't want to be cast aside, do you? You don't want to be, you know? I mean, heaven's real. You're not going to live forever. God's real. And so he says, walk worthy of the calling you have received. The calling, and according to the grace, that gift, the grace of God, that caress upon your life for that calling, that gives, that will afford you great pleasure and delight. Give yourself to it. And he said, so as each supporting ligament, as each one is fulfilling their calling, as each one is fulfilling their calling. Now, we're not talking about what you do inside the house of, of God. We're talking about what you do as a child of God. Some of it is done in here. A lot of it is done out there. Isn't that right? By every supporting movement. What happens when we all are walking in our calling and fulfilling and and? Letting the grace of God that is in us flow. Let me tell you now, you can try to do things for God and it's going to be a work. Or you can let God's grace work through you and it's going to be a joy. And what you'll find is it'll start flowing even when you're not even trying. By every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. So how does a church grow? How do we grow a church? I've had so many pastors say, how do you grow a church? I said, it's easy. If you'll just get your people or teach your people to function in this, the church will build itself up and grow of itself. See? And what happens? We grow up and build ourselves up in love. In love. You can tell where a church is functioning in this because you sense love. There's love. They love one another. You walk in there, you feel welcomed and loved and appreciated. And when you do, you know there's a church that's moving and functioning in the grace of God and the people are functioning in their callings because that church is building itself up in love. And what is it that's going to tell the world that we belong to Jesus? It's not how pretty our buildings are or, or how great our music is. It's the love of God and that love that we have one for another. It grows and builds itself up in love as what? Read that last part with me. As each part does its work. Now read it out loud. As each part does its work. Are you a part? Are you a part of the body of Christ? Are you a Christian? Are you a child of God? Well, you're a part. And if you are a part, you have a part. You have a part to do, a part to play. A part that is needed and necessary in the house of God, in the work of God. Amen? Amen. Father, help each of us 
I pray for everyone in this room and everyone watching uh, online. I ask you, Father, that by your Holy Spirit, you would speak to their hearts, to our hearts, each heart. Show us our calling. Show us what you've called and created us for. Help us to find it and discover it. And help us to do it. If you show it to us, we will do it. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.